Welcome to the Heart of Healing, the Good News episodes. I'm your host, Tom Fold. In these episodes, we'll speak with people who are helpers, who are positive, compassionate, and who bring a bit of good news into our lives in these stressful times. Listen with an open heart to those who are offering their hearts and talents to all of us. It is our wish that these episodes will bring a smile to your face and hope to your heart. And to help us do that today, we have a special guest, Ellen Welton, who is a spiritual coach and a music therapist. Welcome, Ellen. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here. And I guess my first question to lead off, off here is, tell me what a, what, a, what a spiritual coach is and how, how did you come to be one? Well, it all started with a near-death experience when I was a child. I was 12, kicked in the head by a horse. I came Whoa, out wait of a second. Hold it. Kicked in the head by a horse. Yes, I, I used to ride. And that upsets me in a certain way because my daughter went to college on an equestrian scholarship. Oh, well, my goodness. Well, I'll tell you, um, horses are the and an animal that can actually shift our spiritual path. And that's what happened with me. I came out of a coma to music and I'm um, and then I chose to use music for healing. Before I came back, I made that choice and didn't know there was anything called music therapy until I was ready to go into grad school. And I ended up choosing a school where I could get a master's in both counseling and music therapy. And uh, that's kind of what led me to where I am. Many of the spiritual messages that came through that experience are what I use with my clients today. And, um, and since then, there's been amazing work in equine therapy and things like that. Your daughter may be interested in that someday. Uh, but it's really powerful work, all of all of this connection to source and animals. Absolutely. Now you said something, so I'd like to ask a question based on that. You said when I came back. Yes. Which says you went somewhere. Can you yes. describe or talk about that? Oh, that's you know I talk about that all the time because my life began on the other side. I I don't remember anything from before my head injury, and but I do remember this experience of profound light love and connection. I remember speaking with Ascended Masters and choosing to come back to live and knowing in that moment what our purpose is, what my purpose was, uh, what my purpose is, um, why we're here, uh, it, that it's about relationship and connection to each other. And every other message you could ever imagine came through to me in that moment. So it was the most beautiful and powerful experience I've ever had, ever. That's wonderful. And you were 12 years old? I was 12. I was 12. And, you know, it's strange to come back as a 12 year old and not remember anyone in your family or your friends or any birthdays or first days of school, but to know very clearly I'm meant to heal people with music. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How did how did your family take to that at first? Well, you know, they, they supported me at first. Uh, they said, you know, maybe don't mention that because people might not believe you. Um, but over time, I became more comfortable uh, sharing my story and realizing that my, my story was more real than anything else in my life. And I came back with certain gifts that uh, my other friends didn't have as 12 year olds. You know, I could see light beings. I could receive messages about them and the universe. and um, for a while, I kept it under wraps, but now I share it willingly and freely with the world. <laughs> That's wonderful. And I would imagine, and I hope this is true, that having had that experience, 
you are more comfortable in the world than many of the people we meet each day. Potentially, you know, you come back with this understanding that life is such a gift and that there's, you know, there would have been no wrong. If I'd chosen to stay in heaven, I would have been okay. I knew in a moment that it was all okay. It was all love. It was all light. But when I chose to stay, I was overwhelmed with this feeling of gratitude that I got to come back and live and hopefully make a difference through my story. And that is a gift that I wish everyone could embrace because we are all here for a reason right now in this moment, in this time on the earth for this new golden age that's coming for us, this powerful, beautiful time. But it's not without some struggle, right? We're looking at that now. We're realizing everything's being pulled to the surface. We're having to look at the things so that we can choose love over fear. But if we keep choosing it, we get to move into this beautiful world that's coming for us. And there's a lot out in the so-called outer world, what we look at every day, that would tell us there's nothing but fear. There is. And it's an illusion because we can really choose how to perceive any of it. And the way that it's been shown to me, everything happening now is for a reason to wake us up, to wake us up and move us into love and show us what we've been doing with the shadow so that we can reveal the shadow, choose love and move into a new world, a totally new world where we can create anything that we wish. And I believe that we have that now that we can truly create our world with our thoughts and our actions, right? Um, but that I think so many don't realize the power of our mind and our own higher presence that's with us always. Right, and sometimes it takes a long while. It took me almost 70 years to find out that this is what I need, what I was intended to do in the, these shows. So- yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> it takes whatever time it takes, I guess. Well, and also, you know, before this time frame, this timeline that we're in right now, maybe we wouldn't have been accepted in the same way. Maybe we wouldn't have been seen. Maybe we would have been persecuted for our beliefs in yes. this powerful presence that we now know, you know, so wonderfully to be true. Now, I think we're awakening all right now and in the past three to five years, more so than ever, because now is the time that we are needed most. Absolutely. There is a need, a great need. Yeah. Tell me now how you apply this today. Uh, well, I get the wonderful joy of playing crystal singing bowls and music journeys for groups of people, both online and in person. Um, and then I have individual sessions in person or online as well, where people will journey and they'll go move into light altered states of consciousness where I can help to move them through whatever they're going through. So I will bring my connection to source, angel messages, vibrational work, music work to really shift things within the individual I'm working with. And they people are saying that they, you know, feel better physically. I've seen a lot of really beautiful um, physical healing. They connect with their own higher presence. So I'm there as a conduit to support their work. It really is about the individual that comes to see me and me helping them to connect to their presence so that they can call in whatever messages they need, whatever healing they need. And I get to sit there in the music and witness all of it. And it's beautiful. <laughs> that, that is beautiful. And when you talk about music, are you talking mostly about the, the, the bowls? I, I, I will tell you this, that I have had the experience, which was quite amazing, of being in a, in a wonderful room 
large room with someone who brought in 50 of the bowls yes. sizes and did a concert for about a hundred of us. It was beautiful. You know, I use music journeying more so than just the bowls, but I find that the bowls are a powerful way to move someone from consciousness to an altered state. So it really gets people out of the mind and into the physical body, which is the bridge between the unconscious and the conscious. I pull in my music, my counseling degree to do that type of work because then I want to be able to hold space in a way that honors the individual, whatever they believe, um, and then holds that space for safety within the session for their psyche. So I use the bowls first to bridge people in, to connect with their body, and then I start them on a music journey, which is a music program that I use um, to at, where they are consciously talking with me as they listen to the music visualizing different things that they see and as i see light beings come in because they always do i will bring those into the imagery for the person so that they can receive more messages for themselves and then you know i help them move through anything that comes up in the imagery so it's really kind of um it's kind of a you know like a light hypnosis imagery but the 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 client is 100 percent in control the music is guiding them right. and that's where my gifts come through when i hear the music that's where i can really be tapped into the connection back to heaven are you pl playing music or is it recording music it's recorded and i am guiding the participant through the music journey taking notes you know bringing in the light beings that i see so that they can see it too but usually the client leads me they tell me what they see they see the light beings the same time I do. Um, and and then we communicate with the light beings for more messages. And sometimes loved ones come through as well, some uh, loving energies from their life that are there to support them. So, and they get to witness that. They tell me when these beings show up. And that's, it's just really, really powerful. That's very beautiful. I would imagine you might do some of this for yourself in your own life. You know, I, um, I go and participate in different in different ways that you know different types of kundalini yoga and journeying and breath work for myself to keep myself connected and I do uh, constant work with spiritual guides throughout my week so I'm I'm connecting on that level and keeping everything going so that I can be present for whomever I'm with That's lovely. Do you yourself have a particular spiritual guide I was the one other thing I bring up is that I did some shamanistic classes and did work, and I ended up with a, a spiritual guide who was a polar bear. Ah. And when oh. I want to call in polar bear for information, I do. Oh, that's lovely. You know, different animal guides uh, speak through me often and will come to different clients. I personally relate to a unicorn, which has shown up in many of my own imagery experiences. And people have told me that there's one with me along with angels. Um, in the real world, yes, I work with, um, I do work with a shaman who helps to keep me connected. Uh, in my near-death experience, I connected with Jesus and I communicated with Jesus and Buddha both. So Jesus was there, the one communicating with me about the other side and about my mission on earth and about the light. And I felt his energy and his love. 
Um, and then Buddha was to my left um, right before I went into heaven on, on the raft. If people want to hear about that, they can, you know, look me up in various podcasts to hear the full near-death experience story. It takes a while to share. I'd be happy to share it, but um, people can always look into that. And the Ascended Master Jesus does come through in my work. Most often people will see Jesus or I will see him moving into someone's body. Um, and that often often relates to a physical healing. Um, so he, you know, the masters show up when they will and they were and sometimes they're called in by the client. So I've seen different angels. I've seen Metatron and multiple different other types of angelic beings that come through that the client you know, teaches me about. So it's right. really very beautiful. <laughs> Works. It's a two-way street. It's nice. Yeah, and I get the cool thing is, I get to see it whenever I'm witnessing and someone's you know sharing their imagery with me. I actually see it and integrate the messages for myself, and it becomes more of the messages that I share with the world. That's lovely. That's lovely. People who come to you. I know they must come with all all issues. I mean, it's not like just one issue. Yeah. Uh, is it more women than men? Does it matter? I mean, I don't know that matters, but do, do men come? I guess that's my real yes. question. Yes. Oh, yes, often. In fact, my workshops include, I partner with a, with a man. He's my, he's my partner. He does breath work, and he does that breath work to keep people grounded, and then I move into the bowls and music after that. So we have a beautiful partnership in that way. But also people come to me individually. Um, men come often. And, you know, we always attract that which we've already been through. Um, my training at Naropa, which is a Buddhist university in Boulder, um, my master's is from there. And I was trained very much in contemplative practices like meditation. So, um, most people who come to me come to me in what we call the dark night of the soul. And that is, I went through three years of intense training about the dark night of the soul. And it seems to be happening for many people right now where it seems like it might be a mental health issue. It might be catastrophic. It might be their world is falling down, their career, their relationships, whatever it may be, finances. And it's really an opportunity for them to wake up and choose love. And so I recognize those moments as people moving into an awakening, whereas a normal, you know, a traditional psychologist might say that they have depression or anxiety and may treat them with medication or something else. I treat it in the dark night of the soul training that I've done with journeys and in and moving in more deeply with their presence, calling on their presence more and teaching them ways to stay connected to presence and allow it to guide their life, their presence rather than the human. Because our human gets so lost in our thoughts that we confuse everything. We make stories, we believe them, and then we create more of that through our story. So, you know, I really like to help people move out of the story. Yeah, and in you have to catch those stories as they're coming in. I mean, yeah. there's there are many of them many times. I mean, it was, it was telling us, or at least telling me, whenever it happens, like everything's terrible, everything uh -huh. or whatever yep. name subject is terrible. And, yep. I, and when I catch it, I can stop it and say, "Who who are you, and what are you what are you doing here?" <laughs> yeah, catching it is is a training. It is a training, and it just it's that recognizing and releasing without any emotion attached, right? So. Whatever energy we give to those thoughts is what energy we create in our life. And so it is an ongoing practice. But the cool thing about my work is this, 
it takes people out of the conscious mind into what we call a transpersonal experience. And because they're so deeply connected to their source at that time, those stories don't take hold. And they usually receive some powerful insight about their life that takes them out of the story and is enough to shift their energy moving forward. So a couple weeks after I work with someone, they'll say, really wonderful things are happening as the energy starts to propel forward. That's wonderful. And it, it sounds like they also have a, I don't know if it's the right word, trigger, but a a method two weeks later to dis disregard the stories that are being thrown at them. Yes. And the, the energy work such as this can take, you know, a couple weeks to really ingrain in that person's life. So I teach them positive psychology techniques to use at home through association, like either through the breath or through smell or aroma training where they are pairing positive thoughts with breathing in an aroma and then it gets their brain to shift out of fight or flight and then they start to focus on more positive things. So it's really about the session is the big change. It's the big epiphany. And then for a few days after it's the integration. Integration is important. Also, you said something which I find very encouraging. And that is that you, your partner helps with breath work and others to ground somebody before you help them to move, to leave, not to leave, but to go into the spirit. Because it feels like you could, if you're not grounded, you could just leave, period. Yes. And, you know, I find breath work to be really powerful because it's another way to stay connected to the body while we travel. And, um, you know, with or without the breath work, the, the, work is incredibly powerful and i usually i always ground people at the end and bring them back to their body but the cool thing about breath work is that it, it connects us to presence within our body and the breath is incredibly healing so there's so much you can do around that and i had training in that in in um grad school as well but i find that for people who are um work on a physical level they really enjoy that and it takes them even deeper I think, yeah, the breath work can be very helpful, oh, definitely. Yeah. What about children? I mean, you were 12 when this information was given to you. Do you see children today? Do you see that in your practice? I do. You know, I usually wait for the parents to reach out to me, but I love working with children. And they're, they're so much, <laughs> they were so much more purely connected to that energy than we are as adults, right? So, I love working with kids and teenagers, especially, and um, it is powerful work for them. And they always teach me something. I'm sure. Well, I, I have a story that I love to tell our daughter, who's now 20, almost 25, when she was about three or four, I don't remember, said something. I think it was more like three. She said, mm -hmm. I want to go home. And we kept saying, but you are home. And she then said, no, I want to go home, but the door is closing. Yeah. And it took me a, a long time with my own growth and stuff to learn what she was talking about. But I, I now I understand. My son said to me when he was two, he said, do you remember when I was your dad and I took care of you? Ah. And then my, my youngest, my oldest, I have three children. My oldest daughter used to talk about how at night she would travel out of her body and she would check on us. Um, and check on her brother. And then she would fly to other realms. And I thought that was really cool. And then my youngest told me once, she said, I died in the North Desert. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, well, I died. I was bitten by a snake in the stomach. At least she was three or four, maybe not two. 
but um, I just would listen to her stories and and I wrote them down because I do believe there is some truth to them that these kids remember these things and then the window does close a little bit. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. And that's it's interesting to see as a parent this young lady now who does not have much memory of that and has all that the you know the universe is giving her in terms of fears and worries and you know normal childhood or adult young adulthood stuff and we try a little bit to talk to her about it but mostly let her find the peace when she finds it let her find it she will find it and come back to it and the fact that she saw it before means it's there and um, I think that's part of our journey as humans is to um, move out of our mind and stop believing our thoughts and, and start to move out and recognize that we have a choice that we can move out of fear. We don't have to let it, you know, rule our lives or shift anything. We can choose to be in joy, but it is a practice. We do need that moment of clarity and insight that can come through any practice, you know, through this work that I do or meditation or kundalini yoga or movement or art you know to have that moment of connection and then choose going forward to let those fear thoughts out of the head when the moment they get in my head i even imagine myself plucking it from my head and throwing it out a window or throwing it over a mountain and that's something i did when i came back i came back with that skill that i think is the point of meditation I would just send those negative thoughts out the minute they came. I'll even roll down a window in the car when I'm afraid of getting in an accident or something. Because when my kids are in the car, I, I think about that stuff sometimes. They know, though, if I crack a window and throw out a, and go like, you know, send my thought out, that I'm sending out any negativity. I'm not letting it anchor in my head or bring any fear in. Well, it's wonderful to have those habits, those abilities to do that, because that we are all in this world. It's a challenge to be in this world and to be part of spirit. It's a yes. big challenge, a big challenge. But you're doing it and you're teaching others to do it. Yes, I'm trying. And, you know, we're all human. We all have these thoughts. They don't go away. I think people sometimes mistakenly believe that meditation is going to mean they never have thoughts of fear or, you know, but but no, they, they exist. And our, it is our... Um, opportunity every single time to choose love. So I always, that's the other thing, I always ask myself, if I'm making a decision, am I making the decision out of love or fear? If I'm making a choice from fear, I reevaluate, I do my work, I look back, I go inward, what is the fear, what's underneath this all, what's the wounding that maybe I'm bringing through um, that I need to heal? Absolutely. Yes, it, it is. Uh true that we all have the things coming through us in fear and worry and this pandemic i'm sure you've experienced it with your clients during the pandemic it's been rampant i mean it's been it was always yes. there but it's now really apparently there it is and the pandemic was supposed to happen it's another opportunity to choose love over fear but there are many people who who chose fear and who stay inside perhaps believing all that they think or that they hear or they read, right? And I'm, you know, I'm not making any claims, but I'm saying that a lot of people have created stories around this when we really maybe didn't know everything yet. And so, again, it's always about love over fear. Are you choosing to live your life in the way that you're meant to, to be here in your authentic path, to be helping others, to be connecting with others? 
or are you allowing the fear to change your life? Usually you can tell with the way you're feeling, right? If you're happy. And, and also you can tell, I believe, when you're in anger. When yes. there's a lot of anger, you're speaking in anger, mm -hmm. however it may be, online or in person. Uh, yes. I, I think that comes from fear. And that's I think so too, this division, right? Are you using the fear to separate you more from people or are you choosing love where you recognize and empathize with someone else's situation and you believe them? I think, you know, believing and trusting in one person's journey and recognizing, and I don't know why I'm saying this, so maybe someone needs to hear it. It's really definitely coming through very strong right now as a message that each person has their own reality and we can't know what's right. We can't know what's best. There's so much we don't know, but we can always come back to love. We can always come back to non-judgment and acceptance of others and believing in their story and their reality and meeting them where they are. Absolutely. And I think that's something we lost a little yeah, bit. That's vital. And I think we're learning about that now with, with all that's going on around us, because to be there in love, to be there and say, I mean, I notice for myself, what I want to do is, is say, no, don't you do that change, be different, because I'm afraid. When I can just be there in love and say, you are who you are, you can be wherever you have to be. If you're afraid, you got to find love somewhere. And then I feel much better. Yes. And there's a, there's a book that I read at one point called The World's Greatest Salesman. It's a weird name, but are <laughs> all, it's all of these um, truths about life, like treat every person in love treat every day in gratitude. You know, it's, uh, it's, you have everything you need. You were born with everything you need. You don't need to go out and get extra, you know, <laughs> information. You yourself are powerful in your own story and your own journey. Um, I think recognizing our value is another big thing that we can, we can pull from this pandemic is that people may have lost that remembering of how important they are and what a difference they can make in someone else's life. And I think we see that in many ways. And I suddenly realized how far we've gone in time wise. But let me just say, in many ways, people who are saying, gee, why am I doing this job? <laughs> I, I really should be doing something else. I'm more worth I'm worth more than that. Not money, but just in what yes. the so Gosh, that, that is such a great point. I'm so glad you brought it up because many people have used this pandemic experience to shift their lives into doing what they truly love because they realized I wasn't happy before exactly. <laughs> and now I'm going to make my time matter. And exactly how much, how better that's going to be for everybody that people mm -hmm. should be doing what they love to do. Then it's not work. Then it's just, they love to do. That's exactly. Great. Yeah. Well, Ellen, this has been delightful. I could go on for about two hours more, but we are running out of the theoretical time that we have here. So one thing I need to ask you is, if somebody else who's listening to us right now would like, you know, to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, I would encourage them to go to wellnessmusictherapy.com. That's my website. I'm working on it. And you can go to my YouTube channel and subscribe. Um, it's under Ellen Wheelton, W-H-E-A-L-T-O-N. Or you can look under Ellen Ware, W-I-E-R. That's my maiden name. I've recently gone back to my maiden name. Um, and you can also find me on Facebook 
I, I can connect you to anyone to groups that I do about music and um, natural ways of healing the brain. So I'm, I'm all over the place. I also have wellness music therapy on Instagram. So it's wellness underscore music underscore therapy uh, on Instagram. And I share some of my messages from time to time. You can go through and do some crystal bowl experiences as well and just check out my work. Well, that's very exciting. Thank you very much. And thank you for being a guest on the show. I really appreciate talking to you. Thank you. I just remembered one other thing. I have a documentary coming out at the end of the year that I'll share with you, and I'm writing a book. Um, it's called Waking Up in Heaven, What the Angels Are Trying to Tell Us. So that'll be out sometime next year. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. I can't wait to read it. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, Ellen, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Have a wonderful day.